I'm Paul Levinson, and welcome to Light On, Light Through, episode 131, Unsolved Mysteries is back. Well, the last few episodes of Light On, Light Through have been pretty serious. Media determinism, politics and media, the history of media and media evolution. So I thought I'd lighten this up a little bit with a review of Unsolved Mysteries, a show I watched a few decades ago and loved, which just came back this July 1st on Netflix. My wife and I caught the first episode of the revised Unsolved Mysteries. It debuted on Netflix on July 1st, some six episodes. And that first episode was good enough. And we watched the other episodes, which I'll tell you about in a minute. But I have to say, the first thing we noticed was the show had no host. That's a pretty big mystery right there. Now, I know that Robert Stack, the original host, died in 2003. His niece was a student of mine when I taught at Fairleigh Dickinson University in Teaneck, New Jersey, in the late 1970s, but of course I knew of Stack and admired his work from well before that when he played Elliot Ness in The Untouchables. My wife reminded me that Dennis Farina was host when Unsolved Mysteries returned for the first time in 2008 for a five-year run. Now, Farina was no stack, but he was okay, and the show worked well without him. So, what's going on with the Netflix reboot? According to Bianca Rodriguez's July 1st article in Marie Claire, Unsolved Mystery producer Sean Levy deliberately chose not to have a host, or at very least is defending that absence. He commented that, quote, In Robert's absence, we are letting the spirit and strength of the stories carry the narrative. Above all, our aspiration was to make a new chapter worthy of his memory and of iconic contribution to this iconic series. Unquote. That was a worthy thought, but I don't believe it for a second. A more plausible explanation is that A, the show couldn't find a suitable host, B, the show didn't want to shell out the money for a new host, or C, both of the above. Which is unfortunate. Even if Levy's explanation is bona fide, because, as good as the mysteries are, they do deserve a host, if not with the perfectly sonorous voice of Robert Stack, at least with a voice. The host commentary set up every scene, tied up the loose ends, or explained when those ends couldn't be tied up, which was more likely in Unsolved Mysteries. Well, at least the new Unsolved Mysteries still has the original Unsolved Mysteries theme song. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-
All right, I hope uh, you weren't too upset by my off-key rendition. But, you know, every time I think about that little ditty of a instrumental introduction to Unsolved Mysteries, it wants to make me drive back up to Dutra's like we once actually did. You don't know what Dutra's is? Well, that's part of the mystery. Now, having complained about the lack of a host in the new Unsolved Mysteries, the least I can do is review the first six of 12. I think there'll be a total of 12 in this new season. So the least I can do is review the first six episodes now streaming on Netflix. In a phrase, I thought they, by and large, were excellent. Now, being a science fiction fan and author, my favorite episode, unsurprisingly, was Berkshire's UFO, about, well, a UFO over Great Barrington, Massachusetts, and it surrounds in the beautiful Berkshire's. You already know how much I like the Dutra's episode in the original series. I especially like the way Robert Stack pronounced it. Dutra's. Dutra's. And the first thing I realized when I watched the Berkshires UFO episode is that the Berkshires are not that far from Truro, Massachusetts, which is where Dutra's was located. Hey, what is it about Massachusetts? Maybe it was the same UFO. In any case, the Berkshires episode was so convincing, especially the disparate, unrelated people who either saw and or were picked up by the UFO. I could almost believe the extraterrestrial visit really happened. But as I've said many times, I'll completely believe it when a flying saucer hovers over Times Square, where everyone can clearly see it, or at very least, if it pays a visit to CNN, wherever CNN is currently headquartered. Now, my next favorite episode in the Return Series' first six episode was House of Terror which takes place entirely in France, with people appropriately speaking French, a great language. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? Well, that wasn't in House of Terror, but that just shows you how much I like French. Anyway, unlike some of the other Unsolved Mysteries, we know in House of Terror pretty quickly who the killer is. So, the mystery resides in how and will the killer get away. In another excellent episode, Missing Witness, we not only know who the killer is, but she's pretty much living in plain sight at the end of the episode, leaving it a mystery as to why she hasn't been arrested. The three other episodes were also quite good, which is why I said this first part of the season is, by and large, excellent. I still miss Robert Stack, but at least we get his picture at the intro, sort of blurry, ghostly picture. 
And I'll be back here with a review of the remaining six episodes as soon as they're up and streaming. The Light on Light Through podcast. All right. I hope you enjoyed that little review of the new Unsolved Mysteries. I'll be back here soon with another episode of Light On, Light Through. In the meantime, enjoy. Athens, 2042 A.D. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left, again, into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Sierra Waters had read once that, years ago, it was thought that men made love for the thrill, while women made love for the sense of connection it gave them. Curled up with a good book says, Sierra Waters is sexy as hell. You can find out more about The Plot to Save Socrates by Paul Levinson at theplottosavesocrates.com. Paul Levinson spilled code about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for centuries. 